from the Kramer Basketball Headquarters in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. You are listening to the Coach's Edge podcast, powered by Coach. Here is your host, Steve Kramer. I'd like to welcome back to the Coach's Edge podcast, Coach Ryan Thomas, Hoop Grind Basketball. Coach, your your resume is is longer than I have time to you know list off, but I'm going to have you hit on some of the the bullet points here as you introduce yourself to to our listeners. And excited to just dig into what this offseason can look like from a player development perspective, from somebody who does it for a job for somebody who does it as a high school basketball coach you're seeing both sides of it at once which is awesome and how we can help other coaches who are trying to continue to improve their players uh throughout this offseason so uh first and foremost thanks for being on and uh secondly why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners yeah man i definitely appreciate the opportunity to come on and, and share with you and talk a little bit um like you said i have kind of two two main hats um i and the program director for Hoop Grind Basketball. Um, and, and that's really my my big passion, man, is the player development side of it. Um, and that's what I get to do on a daily basis, um, working with players from all over and all levels, um, just helping them grow in the game and um, finding their, their love for the game and finding some success in the game. Um, and then on the flip side, I also, you know, as a high school basketball coach, um, wear that hat as well. Um, so I, I go through the, the rigors of, you know, the season and off season and um, dealing with parents and uh, things inside the school and all, all of that fun stuff. So I, I see both sides of it. And um, I think it's been it's been a cool, cool ride. And it's cool to be able to sit um, in that coaching chair and work with your own team, but then also step out of it on the skill development side and work with players from all over. Um, it, it's really cool opportunity to see it from both angles. Yeah, which is why, you know, I asked you to be on this show. I think you have such a great perspective uh, coming at it from different ways. And obviously you work with players of all levels, which is uh, fantastic for from an observation experience standpoint as well. Let's zoom out first. Uh, season ends, right? So the season ends for you and you, you take a, a break, which I know I we talked about before we started recording, you get the chance to rest, reflect, refocus, recharge, and you kind of look at what this off season looks like until let's say, you know, five, six months away or seven months, depending on you know, how long a basketball season is for a coach in a certain state until basketball practice officially starts. We got this big chunk of time, but as you know, it goes by fast. What do you look at first when it comes to trying to decide how are we going to get better um, is it, you know, as a program, individual guys, where do you start? Yeah, so I, I think you you hit on it and we, we did speak about it, um, that break right after the season. Um, I think that's the first thing we look at is just get away, um, step away from from the season, from from your team, from your coaching staff and just breathe for a second. Um, because once that once you get in the rigors of your your preseason development run all the way through the season, your postseason run, like uh, people are worn out at that time. So it's super important just to take that take that break and step away. Um, and it gives you a moment of one relaxation, but also some time 
to just recollect, regroup. Um, and then we get right back to it, man. Um, the, the, the first thing that we kind of do as a staff is we revisit the season, you know, just kind of looking at our ups and downs, areas that we excelled in, areas that we struggled in, um, what were some of the things that um, were on our, our minds at the beginning of the season and in the middle of the season and the end of the season and how did those things stack up? How did, how did it pan out? Um, were there areas that we thought we were going to be really good in that we kind of struggled in? And if that was the case, why? And vice versa. Um, so we just kind of review like our, our objectives and our benchmarks throughout the season. Um, and then we all, we all go through exit interviews after every, every season. Um, so we sit down with each coach, we have exit interviews with them. Um, we just discuss basically, you know, their reflections on the season, um, what they feel went well, what went poorly, what could be improved. Um, and we do that with each coach. And then we do that with each player. Um, and when we do it with the players, we also, this is one of the times that we'll bring their parents into the room as well and um, get feedback from them as well. Um, it's important to bring them in and um, clear up any misconceptions that might have happened throughout the season, um, get any of their feedback on, you know, what might be upcoming in the off season. Um, and we kind of walk through that with the, with the players and with the parents. We go over, you know, what happened with their, their athlete throughout the year. Um, we look at that. Um, and then we kind of we build out a development plan for that specific athlete in that exit interview. Um, and, and that part is is really crucial because each each situation is so different. Um, you got athletes that may be uh, dual sport, might be running track, might be playing football. Um, you've got athletes that uh, might be at higher levels as far as um, what they do for AAU. Um, which could determine how much travel, how much availability they have in the summer. Um, and so those are a lot of things that you have to take into consideration when you're building out that off-season plan. Um, you know, most, at least out here in, in Florida, all of, our, um, all of our AAU stuff basically shut, shuts down in, in June. So at that point, then we kind of have our captive audience back and we can tell our parents, hey, we're going to, you know, these team camps. We're going to these live period events. Um, we're going to be practicing and getting team concept stuff in to prepare for those events at these times. Um, and then we also lay out what that um, individual development plan looks like for their athlete when they need to be in the gym and, and how we're going to group them with other players and, and how we're going to put that together. I love the fact that you're, you're breaking it down, getting individual for each player, right? It's not, hey, as a team, we all need to work on this. As a team, we struggled in this area. You're getting specific with, with each player. And as you review the season, you're asking yourself why. Why did certain ha things happen the way that they did? I think that's a great question to start with. You also come at this from your training facility and working with individual players from all over the place and trying mm -hmm. to help them achieve their dreams and their goals that they have as an athlete. And a lot of those players, if they're training with you, they're very much so on the serious side of, of the game. How do you go about helping them 
you know, d- design what their spring is going to look like? So um, with athletes that come to me through Hoop Grind, it's it's really pretty cool um, to be able to take a deep dive into what their season looked like, even though I wasn't there for most of it. Um, so a lot of times we'll we'll look at film, um, we'll we'll go through their huddle, um, and we'll we'll look at you know their percentages, their areas of improvement, things that they struggled, um, and we'll have we'll have a real in depth conversation um, based on you know what they did well, where they struggled. Um, and we ask them the same type of questions, you know, why, why do you think that is? Um, and then we talk specific about what their, their role is on the team, looking at their offensive concepts or defensive concepts. Um, and, and we really, you know, I want to get inside of their head as far as what they do specific to their team, what their goals are. And then from there, we're able to, uh, map out the map out the roadmap for them, and the biggest thing that that we try to do is narrow our focus. I feel like a lot of people when they they get in the gym a lot, like when you get those athletes that are quote unquote serious about getting better, they're in the gym all the time, but they may be working on something different every single time they walk in the gym. They might train with four or five different people. Um, they might go in by themselves. Um, they might go in with their high school coach, but everything is different. There's no continuity to what they're doing. Um, and, and I think it's great that they're in the gym with multiple people getting different perspectives. But the thing that we try to impress upon them is even though you're you're in this gym working on whatever it is, you still have in the back of the mind, your mind, I have to get better at X, Y and Z. And I've got those three things laid out for this summer that this is what I'm trying to improve on. It doesn't matter what you tell me to work on. I can work on that, but I'm still in the back of my mind. If I got to get better at my one dribble pull up, my, my dribble pickups, like that's my focus every time. It doesn't matter what the drill is. If it's, uh, you know, if we're playing just open gym, I've got that in the back of my mind and that's my focus. And is, you know, I'm just thinking in, you know, how, how we could progress this kind of mentality throughout the course of spring, summer, and then fall, you know, and having a player who, okay, to your example, you need to work on shooting off the dribble, right? Maybe they're a, a high ball screen type player. They get a lot of dribble handoffs. Uh, they get opportunities to make those, some of those decisions because they're bringing the basketball up and transition and semi-break. And so they're off the bounce a lot. And so they're going to have some of those scoring opportunities and, and pulling up might be one of those. And for, uh, for us as a coach or a teacher, it might be taking that specific thing of shooting off the bounce and being able to say, okay, I know where we want to be by the time basketball season starts, but I can have a, a, a wide range of things to work on, even though it's a specific aspect of the game that we're focused on, right? And then you can even narrow it on that pull-up jump shot as you progress throughout spring, summer, and fall, while still focusing on, am I making sense with this? I hope, because um, it makes sense in my mind. Uh, I mean, I just think of like how we how we would work with a player, right? Uh, with Kramer basketball would be like, you wanna work on your pull-up. We're gonna show you a ton of stuff that we can do with the pull-up based on the situations that you're in. And the closer we get to the, ser- the season, 
the more very specific we'll get with the types of shots that you would actually get the locations and the distance and all that different stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. No, we, we talk with our athletes all the time. Basketball is really the same thing over and over, just in different situations. Mm -hmm. You know, your, your pull-up jumper is your pull-up jumper. There's different ways to get into it and there's different, you know, different actions to get into it, but the skill is the skill. Um, and yeah, and I agree 100% with what you're saying. Um, and, and that's part of what we do to get that variation because nothing is going to be perfect in the game. There's always going to be some variable that we need to address, account for, and be prepared for as we walk into that game. And that's what our summer preparation is about, mm -hmm. is, is taking account for those variables. But again it all hones back in on what is this single thing that i'm trying to improve upon right so being the spring right now you know coaches have a, a set amount of time until june hits which as we know is that that summer basketball month is the month of june and players are involved in possibly fall sports some are not some are playing different levels of aau different commitments there is there there's no perfect and simple answer to any of this stuff. Obviously, the you know the the longer I coach and the more questions people ask me, the more I just say depends, right. depends, <laughs> and then I'll go into like a a, a detailed answer because I like it just depends. Yeah. Um, but coaches are thinking, okay, over the next two months, I want us to get better. What are some ways that you would recommend a coach who's maybe doing some of these four player workouts throughout the course of the spring to really be able to isolate some things and get better with their guys or girls? Yeah, no, I, I it's, it's funny that you say it depends. It depends. It depends. Um, you know, I, that's the same answer I have a lot of times with athletes, you know, when they're asking me about a specific skill, you know, do, do I have to do it this way? Um, is, is my foot in the right position? It depends. What's, what's the defense doing? You know, what, what's the action going into it? Um, so it is, it's so situational. And um, that's the thing when we do, like going back to the, the high school, when we have our exit interviews and we look at, you know, who's, who's leaving the team, who's coming back next year, it, we have to do that every single year because it depends, right? Like we've got to know, okay, for this group, We've got these kids, we've got this type of commitment level, we've got this type of availability. Um, and so, okay, let's break this down. Let's, let's, let's put the plan in place. Um, one of the things that we always try to focus on is growing the leadership of our team, right? Because almost every year you're losing a large chunk of your leadership right? Upperclassmen, quality players, whatever it is, there's going to be a gap there. So a lot of what we do in our exit interviews is prepping our athletes for that next step as far as leadership and putting some of the ownership on them to, to run some of these small groups, mm -hmm. right? Like we're going to give you gym availability. Now it's your job to one and take the initial step for you to get in the gym, but then also you got to push, pull and drag your teammates along with you. So that's, that's part of what we do. And some of that is, you know, it's, there's going to be some missteps with that. Um, players aren't going to show up 
you know, they're not going to take the time to call, text, or, or talk with their teammates to get them in the gym. And, and that's what we want to see. We want to see who's going to take the steps, who's going to be there. Um, and so that's kind of how we start is we give them the opportunity to take advantage of it. That doesn't, most of the time that doesn't last very long because <laughs> again, losing your leadership, you've got younger guys trying to step into roles they're not comfortable with. Right. And, and communication is always one of the biggest things that our athletes struggle mm -hmm. with. Mm -hmm. Leadership mm -hmm. is just something that is undertaught and undervalued. Mm -hmm. um, it's talked about a lot, but it's undertaught and undervalued. Mm -hmm. um, so we quickly step in and we put together the groups, we put together the time slots and we, we get the players there. Um, and so I'm really glad you mentioned that. I mean, you know, as we talk skill development, right. You're saying this, is, this isn't just the off season to get better at our skills. This is the off season to become a better team. And a big part of that is our communication, right. Building leadership skills and putting that on the kids and give them opportunities to work on those skills even though they're not going to necessarily be successful right away. That's right. part of the process because this is, as I told the players we, we worked with a couple of days ago, it's like, you guys realize how long we have until you actually play a high school basketball game, which is what you're really geared up for. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that, that we're going to get in in that time. So don't, don't expect it to work out right now. That's, that's okay. Uh, I think that's an awesome, awesome piece for us to emphasize as coaches, as we're working with our guys and our girls, Hey, it's not just shooting. How are we building our culture and our program um, right. with these kids is, is great. What are the skills that you would recommend as a whole that you're seeing, right? You're seeing AAU, you're seeing coaching, all the stuff going on throughout the course of the season that you would recommend coaches to emphasize and work on with their players? So for me, a lot of a lot of what I try to emphasize is is again, what is undertaught. Um, so a lot of times you see our athletes get in the gym and they're going one on O burst cones, working on a whole bunch of ball handling moves, um, you know, transition finishes, Euro steps, that type of stuff. Um, I try to shift more towards actions and concepts. Um, so then being able to move without the ball, um, playing off of screens, setting screens and shaping up relocations off the screen, second cuts. Um, I think it's super important for them to get more comfortable playing without the ball in their hands. Um, so in our, in our groups, we do a lot of skill work. So we do ball handling, shooting, finishing, all of that stuff. But I think the bigger focal point for us is, playing out of off the ball actions, um, small sided games where they've got to make reads and um, they're actually being defended by a live human um, and playing off of two feet would probably be the next, next concept that mm -hmm. I would push for a lot of our athletes. Mm -hmm. um, That's you know, good stuff. That's really good stuff. I think that as, as coaches, it's so easy for us to say, okay, shooting is what we want to work on sort of getting a bunch of shots up, but to pull it back and say, well, what does our offense look like throughout the course of the year? Right. Who are the players that are getting shots in certain spots off certain movements and, and actions locations. And then you're repping those out um, instead of just blocking out 
here's the technique, here's the stance. Obviously those things are important, but we got to build from, from there. And so being able to pull it back and say, what, what are these cuts? You know, if you're running uh dribble drive, well, even when you do get the ball, I mean, it, it's essentially catching and going, right? It's not this isolated five dribbles trying to break somebody down, which is, you know, what we see a lot of times when kids are training. So um, I think for coaches to be able to look at their offense and then try to replicate what they're doing in, in games would be huge for any skill that they're working on. Um, I mean, that's, that's awesome. The transfer is what we're looking for. Like when we think of training as a whole and what training means, right. Whether you're talking about the military or, or basketball, right. We're doing something now to prepare us to do it at a very high efficient level when it's, when it's game time, right? What are some things that you recommend for coaches to work on so we can get the learning and the training to transfer into application in the game? Yeah. So um, kind of already started talking a little bit about that. And and we actually discussed this last time we were on um, where your, your training starts to look more like practice. Your practice starts to look more like training. Uh, so I think it's about meshing the game into everything that you do. Um, I think one of the big things that, um, is not done enough is film study, watching the game. Like, I think that our kids nowadays have so many distractions, like their cell phone, they've got all this entertainment, all this information in the palm of their hand, they've got stuff that we never had to deal with when, when we were coming up, right? We hooped when we were, when we were bored and when we were looking for something to do after school was over, we went and we played football, basketball, whatever it is. Now that's, that option is so low on, on their, their list of things to do. Um, let alone watch a game of basketball on TV. Right. I, I see more of our athletes watch, other people play NBA 2K and, and study other people playing the video game more than actually like going and watching a March Madness game. So I think that they miss out on some of that stuff, right? Like they miss out on learning the actual game because they don't watch it and they don't play with older players, right? They play AAU, they play with their high school team. We used to just go and play with older guys and if you if you weren't good enough, if you weren't successful when you got on the court, nobody picked you up and you couldn't play anymore. So I, I sound like an old man when I say that stuff, I feel like. But I think that that's something that they're missing is actually being taught the game or we're self-teaching the game. Right. So I think that that's got to be a part of our development. Right. They should watch their film of themselves playing. They should watch the actions that their coach is trying to put in, right? Like if there's a specific offense, they need to see clips of that being run and run well. If there's, you know, if they, they play out of a lot of ball screens, they should be studying the ball screen action. So when we go into the gym, um, we're looking at some of this footage and that drives some of our training because I want them to be able to see it because we have all these different learning styles and not everybody's just go out and do it, right? Like some people need to be told, some people need to see it, some people need to feel it. I, I want to hit on as many of those learning styles as possible when we're trying to 
reinforce something that's going to translate to a high pressure 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 situation like a basketball game. Um, so I think that that's a that's a huge piece that is overlooked, um, and it's not hard to get film nowadays. No. Like you can go on YouTube and you type in exactly what you're looking for, and you got 73 different versions of it that you can <laughs> show a kid from from your phone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's right on the money. I love that, you, that everything that you mentioned, and you you basically broke down. I think my biggest weakness when I started training, especially was because I assumed. And I think one of the biggest mistakes you can make as a basketball coach or a basketball trainer is assuming your players are doing certain things. And Mm -hmm. I assumed when I started out that the kids that I was working with were playing a solid amount of basketball and were watching a solid amount of basketball. So when I had them in the gym, I was getting very technical, very technique, right. Very detail oriented. And I wasn't getting into some of the big picture kind of game actions and small side of games. I, I was, but not as much as I should have right. because I thought these kids were getting a lot of more game experience. Like you're talking about of going to open gyms, playing with older people at the park, you know, three on three terms, things like that. It's like, no, like, like you said, I was talking to a coach and uh, yesterday he's like, coach, I, I had 35 points in my game last night. And he's like, what are you talking about? You didn't even barely play last night. He's like in my NBA 2K game, I had 35 no, points. No. He's like, he's like, don't ever tell me your NBA 2K scores again. He's like, you work on your real game. Um, but it's yeah. it's it's so true, right? Um, so as we, I don't even know where I went off on that. I apologize. But no, so as as we think about the the spring, as we're starting to work with players, and a, a lot of states, everyone has slight different rules, but. You know, for many, it's like, okay, you can work out with four players at a time if you're, you know, working with them uh, individually as a coach. How might some structure look like um, if, if you were to do that? Because for some of our, our coaches, they may have a, a very limited amount of workouts that they can get in based on the availability of their players over these next couple months. Um, yeah, so so structure for for these small group workouts i think is is super important um if it's if it's your team specifically and you have relationships built with those those athletes it makes it a little bit easier because you know their strengths weaknesses you know what what you expect from them you know what you want from them um but for the for the most part i think no matter if you know these players or not the first thing that you need to do is um, just get them energized and build confidence right from the beginning. So whatever it is that your your group excels at, I would start somewhere around there. So if you've got a group of of bigs in the gym, I'm starting with with finishing around the rim, right? Let them see a lot of shots go in, do stuff that's that they're familiar with. Um, if it's if it's guards, you know, get them handling the ball, get them moving. Get them energy going real early. Um, if it's shooters, you can you can start with some shooting, light shooting stuff that's close to the rim, so they make a lot of shots. Because what I want to do is I want to set the tone for the workout, and I want it to I want to get them moving, I want to get them confident, and I want to get them talking. Those are kind of the three things that I want to start every workout with. And when I set the tone like that for a few workouts they are going to have this same energy when they come in every time. 
and then they're going to be the ones setting the tone. So it's going to be less less me leading that example of the communication, the energy, and more of them doing that, right? And that gets back to again the intangible of leadership and communication. You know, two of the two of the intangibles that are talked about but never taught. Um, and it's, I think that that's a that's a game changing trait right there. If you have a team that can communicate with each other and you have demonstrated leadership, it doesn't matter what adversity you hit, you can find your way through it. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. If you're outmatched, whatever it may be, like leadership and communication are two of the things that they travel with you no matter where you go, mm -hmm. right? Your mm -hmm. jump shot might not, mm -hmm. whatever might not, but those two things are always gonna be there. Sure. Um, so, so that's how I would start the workout. Um, and then what I would do is I would get into, again, the the small skills of that group. So if we've got a group of, of four guards and that's what I would try to do, I would try to, um, you know, build my groups based right. on the skill sets that they have and what you want out of them in the upcoming season. Right. So if I'm putting my shooters together. I'm putting my my ball handlers and my facilitators together. I'm putting my bigs together. Um, and what I would do is I would build out specific drills and skills that they need to have. And we're going to hit those every day. It's going to be the John Wooden thing. And I'm going to burn it into their brain and into their muscles to to start like the second portion of their workout. You know, the energy stuff might be different every time because I want it to be fun. I want it to be new. I want, but I still want it to be easy for them, right? I want them to find that success. That that second quarter stuff is going to be what I'm trying to burn into them. This is the skill that you need to have. Um, the third quarter of it is going to be game action stuff, right? So like what actions are we going to be putting these kids in in the upcoming season? So they're super familiar with the actions that they're going to run you know, three months before we get to the season, four months before we get to the season, they already know what what it's going to look like coming into next year. And then the fourth quarter is competition. You know, and that might really look like the game action stuff we just worked on. Right. It might be, you know, two on two stuff, one on two stuff, um, two on one reads. Um, but we're getting into competition and the skill characteristics and the skill traits that we just spent all that time working on, we're trying to put them into small sided games, compete and, and get live action stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, for, for our coaches, I mean, I, I think the last five minutes of hearing coach Thomas speak is just so, so valuable. I mean, uh, I, I'd rewind the last couple of minutes of him speaking. Uh, if you're looking at designing a workout, use that fourth quarter technique, take a, take a, your sheet of paper, fold it into four squares, unfold it back up, and just put first quarter. What does our first quarter look like? That feel good, strengthen our strengths, emphasize in communication, go to that second box. What does that second box look like as far as a, a skill to emphasize, right? Look at that third box. What are those game actions that, that we're going to use in season? What do that look like? And then you, you got to compete, right? I mean, I hate a workout if there's no competition. in. so at the very least, we got one box of competition and, you know, and even with me, we might have somewhat of a little competition with, you know, our warm-up game or who knows what, what it is. Yeah. Or that that shooting skill, it might be, you know, who's making the most shots and, you know, different things like that. 
So, I mean, that is a great template for any coach to use, right? Those four different quarters or four different boxes that you want to use to design a workout. And as you mentioned, splitting them up by skill, position, uh, things of that nature can be really beneficial as well. Uh, have you noticed like with shooting, ball handling, finishing, anything that is like a, a real need for players maybe in this style of game, the way it's being played today compared to five or 10 years ago? Man, I think the biggest thing, one is moving without the ball, but then it's, it's being, it's being shot ready. You know, I think a lot of our, a lot of our players don't know how to hunt spots to make themselves available for a scoring opportunity or an attack opportunity. But even when they find themselves in one of those opportunities, a lot of times they're not prepared for what's about to happen next. Right. So that's, that's kind of the biggest thing for me is teaching them where their opportunities can come from, you know, and some of that is skill set of the player attributes of the player. So they're, they're hunting specific spots, but then, okay, as soon as I, you know, I see the opportunity to get to that spot, my mind is already prepped for option A and option B. Right, like once I catch it, if if defender does this, this is option A. If they take that away, this is option B. And and I think it's more of a mindset than a skill. Like I think that there's there's a ton of skilled players, but they don't have the the mindset to use those skills. Right. And I think sometimes I see I see athletes and, and we all see them. They're they're quote unquote practice players. You put them in any drill, they look phenomenal. Right. But it almost looks like in the game, it's like they, their bag is too deep, like they got too much stuff going through their mind where I want to simplify it, man. This is this is my best skill. I'm trying to get to this. This is the best spot I can get to. If I see the opportunity to get to that spot, I'm getting there. If they take away option A, my counter is this. I'm, I'm looking to A, B, and then my next step is to build out my C. So now I've got those three reads every time I'm, I'm, I'm moving without the ball, mm -hmm. I'm already thinking it and it can't be, I catch it. And then I think it, it's gotta be prior to that. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think reprogramming the mindset is the biggest thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and mm. the skill stuff I think will fall in place once the mind is there. Yeah. Uh, I hope a bunch of players listen to this one too. I'll make sure to share this on Instagram and um, some, some things like that, because I, it's, it's being able to simplify and strengthen the things that happen most, right? And you said kids' bag is too deep, right? And, and I, I think we just, it's so easy to get access to so many high-level uh, training videos, whether it's social media, you know, if you're in a, a location like you are in Jacksonville, there's lots of different trainers that you could work with. You got coaches, AAU. And so it's very easy to get average at a lot of different things. Right. And then you get into the game and you, you don't really know what to do. You're not high level enough in one specific thing to put it into place. And because of that one thing is lacking, then the dominoes don't allow you to get into, okay, well, here's the second read. Here's the third read, right? Because mm -hmm. you haven't really excelled at one specific thing. So you just, you, you, I mean, that was a, that was an amen finisher. Um, right there as far as how, how I think we can develop. And I think as, as basketball trainers and coaches, how maybe we can do a better job 
of trying to get some kids to master a couple specific things instead of just get pretty good at a bunch of things. Cause that's really not how you become great at, at anything. I mean, you can look at NBA players and say, they're really good at one thing, at one thing. Right. Um, and being able to build the IQ with that is, is tremendous as well. I mean, you do an awesome job. Anybody that's listening and in the Florida area, make sure you go check out Hoop Grind Basketball. They got an awesome Instagram page. I've stolen a couple of drills. There was one, there's one drill I saw you could do it on Instagram. I built a whole uh, dribble drive, small sided game out of it. It was like, one, oh, nice. it was like, it was like a one on one. Somebody like back dribbles, another kid comes the other way and sprints around a cone. And I was yeah. watching it. I'm like, I'm going to build a dribble drive, like breakdown off of that whole thing from one on one to two on two and stuff like that. Um, and so I've done that at some of my camps. So all, all credit to you for uh, like, that's a good, good little drill starter. So he's got a ton of great stuff there. Um, Coach Thomas, any closing thoughts that uh, you want to give us as you finish out this episode? Uh, no, man, I definitely appreciate the opportunity to get on and, and just chop it up and talk basketball. Um, one thing that is, is in the back of my mind that I did not mention that I think is so valuable um, when you talk about any type of development and off-season program and in-season program is, is just creating benchmarks, um, having your, your whatever, if it's a couple of drills, but we watch the, watch the progression. Um, you know, um, one, of the, one of my favorites is for, for some of our shooters getting into uh, spot shots, getting as many makes as you can without missing two in a row. Um, just developing that consistency and ability to fight back from adversity. Um, once I miss a shot, put a little more pressure on me. I can't miss a second one. Um, just stuff like that to, to one, push yourself, put yourself in pressure situations. And that's a, that's a homework thing. Like I don't even need a trainer for that. If I know that type of drill, um, I can coach open the gym for me, or I can go in the driveway. I can, I can work on my game and I can have, you know, a progression. I know my number, you know, I know how many I should get in a row. Um, and, and I'm trying to beat that every day uh, and, and watch my progression. I think that's one of the things that when, when these kids work out so much and they play so much, they don't get the opportunity to really see the progression. You know, I think they need to be put in positions where they can see growth. Cause I think that's another thing that builds confidence that, some of our kids miss out on because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. there's such a there's such a mentality of comparison now with with social media and you know all, all the adversity that they face through through that awesome tool of social media but it can be you know that the comparison can be a killer um, they need to compare themselves to what they were yesterday yeah. so yeah. If we build yeah. out those those opportunities for them to do that mm-hmm. um, that that's a confidence builder you mm-hmm. know um, so that, that would be one nugget that I would want to leave. Uh, but other than yeah, that, no, man, that's, I that's a golden, that's a golden nugget right there. I mean, you don't want your kids to think they're getting better. You want them to know that they're getting better. And what you just broke down is an easy way for kids to know I am getting better at the specific things that, that I'm working on. Uh, coach for anybody that's listening and they want to follow you, learn more about you, where can they go? Um, any of the major social medias at hoop grind. H-O-O-P-G-R-I-N-D. There you go. All right. To, to our listeners, uh, and I'll put some of uh, Coach Thomas's links in the description of the episode below. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Coach Thomas, thanks to you for being a guest back on the show. This was, this was awesome. 
get after it today. Appreciate you, man.